Tonight's episode of Late Night Playset is brought to you by Los Angelo Living, losangeloliving.com. Hey, how's it going, guys? Angelo Fiero with Compass Real Estate. Welcome to 4846. One of my favorite single-story mid-century ranch of the San Fernando Valley. This is a four-bedroom, three-bath, totally remodeled and updated. New electrical, plumbing, HVAC. It really has everything and a beautiful pool, backyard, oasis to go with it. All tucked away in a double cul-de-sac where you know the kids could ride their bikes, you could take walks, no through traffic whatsoever. Perfect home in the perfect location in Encino. Come on in, let's check it out. Here we are in the kitchen. One of my favorite features in here, let me get to it, so come, come with me. So first of all, this kitchen is enormous. Total chef's kitchen. Huge countertop, we can have hors d'oeuvres, cocktails, wine, you can serve everyone here, and have a huge farm table as well. And this is really one of my favorite features. It's a built-in banquette with an art table where you, all your kids, or even you guys, can channel your inner Jackson Pollock, or Basquiat, or Van Gogh. Um, so come through here, nice um, marble countertops, high-end appliances, another great feature in this kitchen. I mean, there's so much space in here that you can have all of this. Hello, a wood-burning oven. Make pizza on it, cook meats on it, fish. I mean, how great is it to have this in the kitchen? And then the kitchen kind of spills right into this huge living room with a beautiful brick fireplace. That detail is just absolutely gorgeous. Reminds me of East Coast homes, even though we're in a very West Coast San Fernando Valley ranch. Um, I love this sort of reclaimed wood wall. Uh, gives the feel of, a, uh, of an old, old barn wood. So it's very warm in this room. What's really amazing is you have this completely covered patio with a kid's jungle gym play for hours, keep them busy for hours, and then have them jump into the swimmer's pool, which is about nine feet at the deep end, and there's a whole outdoor lounge surrounded by herb gardens, fruit trees, lemon, lime. I think there's some tomato plants there too. That's where you would find me. I love tomatoes. And it's all beautifully landscaped with ficus trees all around, creating a nice sense of privacy. Um, this is a phenomenal neighborhood. This is a fantastic backyard, especially in these times when we're going to be spending a lot of time at home. So you want to be in this kind of a place. You know what I mean? All right, this is a true ranch home, four bedroom, three bath, over 3,200 square feet. Right when you walk in, you have a vanity for when your guests are over, when you're entertaining. This is a fully remodeled bathroom. You have some really beautiful barn doors that open up to the laundry area. And I love this kind of folding uh, table right above the washer and dryer. Really nice feature, some storage space as well. Again, really beautiful features in the closets. A lot of closet space. 
huge master bedroom with master bath and a gorgeous soaking tub. Stand-up shower, subway tile, marble finishes. And what's great about this master is that you're in the pool area, so it's nice and quiet. It's set back from the property line in the front, of course. And it also leads right out to the fully covered patio. We have two kids' bedrooms here, spacious bedrooms with storage space. And one other thing that I want to note, all of the windows in the house are new dual-pane windows. And what's great about that is that it's energy efficient, great for sound as well, and it looks, it looks good too. DM us, shoot us a text message, give us a call, and we'll schedule a private showing with all of the new COVID guidelines that are required by state law to show homes on the property that are currently on the property in, this, uh, in these times. Hope you guys are all safe and well, and really excited to show you this house when you guys give us a call. Take care. down hello welcome back welcome back everybody my name is jay ryan welcome back to the late night playset uh mrs ryan is on assignment <laughs> let's bring it in here there we go it is me just again jay ryan here in the old late night playset thank you thank you so much for downloading us up um we are excited about this evening we being me and my buddy tori alonzo that's who we're going to be talking to tonight um we're going to catch up with him and all about the project he's got going on basically done with it, just about done, done aside from some tweaks, with the Ford versus Ferrari Porsche 906 replica. Uh, it's an exciting car that a lot of people, um, uh, friends of ours anyway, have been following this build, and uh, we're going to talk to him tonight, find out what's been going on, find out what he has planned, and find out where you can come see this car at some point, and that means it's going to be out in public um, for people to see, which is really cool. Um, here we are, here we are. What's new? A little bit, a little bit with the set is new, um, but we are going to talk about that probably with Tori. So uh, I think, gosh, there's some things we've got. Uh, we've got our usual stuff, our usual East Coast feeds, and our we've got a Breakfast Club video. We've got a handful of things, but I think what we're going to do first is just dial up Tori and have him with us since uh, Mrs. Ryan is not here this evening. Uh, that way, we'll just have somebody else um, here, and I'll stop saying, "Oh, that's one of my things." telling you because it's something I'm working on and I don't hear it when I'm doing this normally the moment I go to watch something back or somebody else sends me a, my, a clip of us or something uh, 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 that's all I notice Jay Ryan says it's the only word he knows some things are huge for some people some things are uh I'm working on it thank you for being here um, all right I'm gonna call Tori let's see First of all, how's everybody doing? How are you? It's been a while. It's been a week since we've been in here. Let's see, make sure we're going live. We are live on YouTube. That's fantastic. There are a couple people watching. Thank you for watching. 
and uh, I'm gonna call Tori over here. And I think we've gotten a lot of these bugs worked out. We'll see how it goes. A lot of the things that I think are worked out. We got some audio improved. Some video should be a little bit improved. And we'll see how it goes. Oh, there he is. All right. Uh, give me one second here. We'll make you a full screen and do the rotation. Do I rotate or do you? Maybe you rotate. Uh oh, hang on, hang on one second. Well, you you don't hang on. I'll hang on. Can't hear you at all, but I think it's because I just muted you because I don't know how to do any of this stuff. You know, maybe somebody else can feel my pain on this one. My complaint right now with what's going on is that there's no longer a, a button for volume on the, the MacBook Pro. You push a button for volume and on a touch thing, and then you hope, ah, there we go, that volume comes up. Can you try it now, buddy? Is that better? Oh, it's great. It's great. Awesome. Let's see. And I can uh, work your microphone over here, too, a little bit. Cool, see, that's kind of nice. Forgive me while I do all this stuff at the same time. How you yeah, doing, brother? How, how you doing? I'm good. What's going on with you? Uh, it's been a day. <laughs> it's been a day, and I'll tell you and everybody else about it in just a few minutes here once I uh, make sure that we can all hear you and see you. Is there a button somewhere for you to uh, uh, click the FaceTime to turn it sideways? Uh, let me see here. And then you'll be nice full screen. A couple little buttons here. Um, new? Not there. No, I don't think there is. It's, it's probably because I'm on my um, computer instead of the phone. I think if I was to turn the phone sideways, I could do it. If you, if you go to the little screen where you are in the top, okay. you should see a little round thing pop up with a little arrow on it. Round thing with an arrow. I know it sounds stupid, but if you try it, you might see it because that's, yeah. that's where it is for me. Because I can do this. I can make it like this. Or I can do this and make it like this. And I'm on the Mac too. I don't want to like press the wrong thing and hang up. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, no worries. Oh, did you do it? I think you did it. Uh, that was camera off. Oh. I, like <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. No, don't worry about it. It's great. Uh, I think I can also, here, let's see. I think I've got another doohickey here where I can make you full screen. I'll share the screen with you. And then people will see, hopefully, what we see. Did that work? Did you come up there? Oh, no, I have to add you as a source. See, this is the stuff people never get to see and we never talk about on a finished product. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, there's so many different buttons in. Oh, there you are. There you are. All right, so for you and me, nothing just changed. But for anybody else, they're now in your screen. And, uh, and your volume, I think, should be okay. All right, cool. I, I like your Bring a Trailer shirt. I love that you're showing the love. Uh, very oh, quickly, I, I just want to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I look like I, I'm advertising for them. I spend enough time on the website. <laughs> well, speaking of which, I wanted to do a little advertising my own self uh, for uh, that Porsche girl, that Porsche gear, and of course Gary and uh, Schechner. I, no, I always say his name wrong, uh, but but uh, of, of the fantastic artist behind all this stuff, and he's been here um, with the Porsche gauge art. I love, I love this, and this was inspired by, of course, Yellow Car's actual gauges, and I don't know exactly how that works because. My Rain Man brain is different than Gary's Rain Man brain, but his Rain Man brain saw saw this out of our gauges, and I think it's the coolest. And uh, this is the first time I've worn it on the show, and I wanted to just give some love to that Porsche girl and that Porsche gear, and uh, of course Gary. That's awesome. Yeah, and you and I are both uh, always all about that. Like somebody sends you something, a nice little gift, and you want to tell everybody all about it. Shout shout from the mountaintop how how grateful you are. 
I, before we get any further, I couldn't help but notice. Do you happen to have a bit of a tail there? Uh, yeah, Are you a party in the back? Uh, it's my COVID hair. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good. I see the ball cap, though. Now I get it. My hair is getting long, son. Yeah, it's getting really long. But I'm kind of rolling with it. It's nice. I have actually gotten one haircut since this whole COVID thing started. Um, so I purposely kind of left it longer because it's grown on me, no pun intended. Oh, but, sure. Uh, <laughs> you did not just do that. That was I too good not to. Intentional. But, um, yeah, I kind of like it. So I'm just rolling with it. Well, th- thanks for being here. Thanks for um, – I mean, this technically is not a shakedown because we're really doing it. But, um, you know, thanks for being here while we sort of – while Jay Ryan figures this out anyway. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And, um, and, and I really appreciate it. Of course. Absolutely, man. I'm happy to be here. And, you know, um, it's, I think everyone's kind of figuring out this technology thing. It's kind of weird, but you know, I've watched Ray and Cam with their fresh fruit and air cool. They're killing it. So good. It just takes practice, man. It's like everyone's trying to adapt to this new normal and it's working out. So do you, uh, obviously you enjoy that program. I do. I watch that. That's like a good uh, morning coffee sipping kind of start your Saturday morning off. And yeah, I really enjoy them together. I think they have great chemistry and and they've got awesome guests. And yeah, it's been a really cool thing to see, you know, kind of take take shape. I couldn't agree more. I think the, the their chemistry together. I mean, I told Ray the same thing, but I, I just that it's so comfortable because they genuinely know and genuinely like each other. They're they're They genuinely get along. It's the opposite of watching. It was crossfire in the old days, but like two opposing views and just watching them fight it out. It's the opposite. Right. It's, it's just watching two people who genuinely have an affection for each other and an incredible wealth of knowledge, um, sharing a cup of coffee and just shooting the shit. Not too formal. I love it. It's what they need to see. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So more of that, more of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I gotta say, I, I haven't seen a sexier skyline since uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, so we're bringing that up, are we? We are. How can we not? Well, you know, it's funny because we posted the other day, um, oh, rebuilt and ready to go. And then we sort of disappeared. And it's like, well, <laughs> the moment we were done, it was like, great, the paint's dry and the tape is clear and everything is perfect. And we were like, well, wait a second, you know. There really has been the one element that this has always been missing uh, from a late night playset element, uh, you know, aspect. And, and the fact that this is sort of a, for lack of a better term, Mr. Ryan's neighborhood, Mr. Ryan's playset. It's sort of this weird fantasy land anyway that we were like, what are we doing? Why not just when I say we, I mean me and the, the, the guy on my shoulder who was saying, don't don't do a skyline. That's ridiculous. Uh, and finally, it was the whole, you know, what the hell are we doing? What the hell are we doing? Why? What are you pretending? What? <laughs> it's Kramer's apartment, yo. <laughs> it is what it is. This whole, all this stuff is here. Why would you? Be, oh well, no, that would be too much. It's all too much. I kind of think the magic of it is that it's all way too much, and and I know it, and I don't care, and I don't care when somebody else says the same thing. It just, it kind of is what it is. And then you know how it is. Anytime somebody steps foot in here, they're like, I, I didn't get it before, but I get it now. And, and I, totally. I'll tell you this, sitting in here now, I, the only di- I wish Mrs. Ryan was here. The only difference is that um, I, I, I mean, this, it feels, it feels like we snuck in here <laughs> overnight and, and decided to put on a show. <laughs> it's like this was an existing, this is someone else's, if it didn't come from my head, every square inch of it, I wouldn't believe that we were sitting here. Yeah. 
in your place in Toluca Lake. <laughs> in a tiny room, no less. I mean, even I mean, you, you could tell certainly that this was in a small space, I guess, but you would never believe that it was really in what was once just a, a small dining room. <laughs> or that you had that much equipment jammed in there that doesn't look jammed in there. That's what's amazing to me. Uh, for the first time, I'll never forget. That was with your old setup. Um, just amazed that you could do that with that space. Oh, you're amazing. Thanks, brother. That's the that's that's my rain man. We've all got some version of it. That's mine. Um, what are you drinking there? I was just about to t- start talking about beverages. What are you having? Oh, it's, it's like an orange flavored water. Totally lame. No, not really. But is it like a emergency or something in poured into a water bottle? It's kind of like, yeah, it's like the little powdered things. I think it's actually tang. That's awesome. That since I was a kid, it sounded good the other day. So yeah, I'm sipping on tang. <sighs> I wasn't sure if I should, if we should bring this up or not. Because it's a little bit bigger than I really wanted to get. Eh, it doesn't matter. Just do it. I'm really glad you brought up Tang. Tang is one of those brands from my childhood, just like you just said. And you mm-hmm. saw it, and it seemed familiar. And you, oh my goodness, I'm going to go get that. Um, are you noticing any more of that creeping up in the in your world, in the grocery store or elsewhere? Well, I think I'm going to go tomorrow to the store and buy up all the Aunt Jemima and the Uncle Ben's rice because that's going to be a thing. <laughs> that's funny. There's a bottle of Aunt Jemima in the fridge. I, ju- I literally just saw it, and it's pretty new, and I almost posted a picture like, collector's item. <laughs> I know. That's the first thing I thought, too. I'm like, eBay. <laughs> um, well, here's what, I'm, here's what I'm getting at. I noticed that you know while there's still a run on some toilet paper and some paper towels – there isn't a run on, say, Charmin or Bounty. I can't get my Viva paper towels or my Cottonelle uh, toilet paper, those two new, trendy, moderny brands. But anything that was like Hostess or PepsiCo or anything from my you know, General Foods, Kraft, anything from my childhood, plentiful, available on the shelves. Right. How are things? How is the supply chain out there in L.A.? Well, I guess what I'm getting at is a bigger thing here, more than just and, – and then I'm happy to talk about the supply chain. It's, it's almost like – I see more of a control play going on here on the bigger picture mm-hmm. of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, certainly there's no, there's no net neutrality. There's no corporate neutrality. There's no neutrality anywhere. It's like we're getting pushed the brands mm-hmm. that – you know what I'm saying? It's like a weird well, I, deal. Yeah, okay, cool. Sure. Um, sorry, what was your question? Uh, what, what's the supply chain thing like in L.A. right now? Are you guys finding – like the majority of the stuff you need is are people still like going crazy over toilet paper? What's because oh, here in Pennsylvania, everything's pretty much back to normal. Um, I would say it's a mixture of all of those things, depending on where you go, what you need, what time of day, etc. We, um, I think I told you this before, we've been doing the grocery delivery thing for a while, um, just mm-hmm. because of our life. And then uh, it actually became incredibly inconvenient. We couldn't even do it for the first month or so because everybody else was sort of like becoming hip to like the convenient thing. It's like, well, it's not really, okay. some people really need this fucking service, you know. Um, right. But that is the only thing that has really returned back to the norm to like totally normal. Like, oh, I can pretty much get an Instacart whenever. I think that's because they've hired a bunch of people. When I go to the grocery store myself, which I still go at least once a week, probably just to kind of, you know, pop in for a, a thing or whatever, mm-hmm. get out of the house, whatever, um, it, the shelves are still the same. It's like every other shelf. Everything uh, – like one right. aisle has every single thing that you could ever imagine on it with nothing plucked and then the next aisle yep. is bare. And like bare. look, it looks as though a tornado ripped through. It's like tornado rules, like every other aisle, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Every other aisle is, aisle is a trailer park. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and I, I, I obliterated. And uh, and and when I see people, it seems to be I'm noticing the divide of what I can only describe as I hope not to be the next civil war. I notice the divide in the people: some with the masks, some without the mask, some yeah, my yeah. rights, some hey, can't we all just whatever? And some like no, me. Uh, I get all of the sides. I don't want to wear a mask either. I've got my own breathing and heart, you know, issue. Like I don't, yeah. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. But I. Went to work today down at Met Ferris, uh, you know, the smoking tire studio. It's a work environment. It's an actual construction site. Everyone's got masks on, even the designers, even Matt. So guess what? You wear a mask. It is what it is. It is what it is. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it's just, it, for me, I'm noticing the, the this and the people, mm-hmm. you know? I think a lot of people, too, I mean, I, I'm like this anyway before the COVID, but, like, I think people, now that they've been kind of in solitary for a while, now that they're getting back out in the public again, mm-hmm. I mean, people are really starting to kind of freak out and push each other's buttons a little more. Maybe and, that's what I'm seeing. They're so close to me. And it's, yes. It's, I think that's part of it. I don't think you can, psychologically, I think this is going to have some long-standing effects on people. Maybe that's actually what I am uh, experiencing then. Oh, this is good. Maybe that's better. Um, we're both in that shot. Um, I'm noticing exactly that. Um, it, it seems to be that people are standing up for whatever they believe, which is great, but they're doing it at the cost of any kind of humanity or whatever the person next to you believes, which is where that's where yeah. it gets dangerous for me, you know? Yeah. Yep. You got to respect yeah. each other. That's kind of what I'm seeing too. It's just a weird time. Hmm. What do we do? <laughs> What'd you say? I just teach her in the garage. Oh, okay. Well, that's your answer then. That's a, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. It's it's worked for me. I mean, I've got all this time off from work now. You know, I'm not flying again until September, I think, right now. Possibly longer because they've offered another extended time off that's paid. I just I, take- I just heard that they're not doing a lot of airlines are taking their alcoholic beverage service out. Yeah, we haven't been doing a, a full beverage service for months now. I think we stopped pretty pretty early on in the COVID thing. Um, I think we give people a can of water and a bag of snacks when they get on the plate now or something. I don't even know. I haven't worked. Wow. Now. But yeah, it's yeah, it's a different time. It's weird. Everything is different, right? Like our old lives as we knew them are gone. Yeah. And I think a lot of stuff is not going to go back to normal ever. I no, I agree. A lot of businesses now are seeing, oh, we can just work from home and it saves us money. And it's going to, it's, this is going to change everything. Everything. Even when this is all done, you're still going to see a lot of effects, I, I think. I don't, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't think this is all gone. I don't think this goes all gone. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, this is, I, I don't think it's even about the disease. I think it's about, it, you know, if you zoom, it depends on how much world history you're into. But if you've done enough reading and you've done enough ancient his civilizations and looked into different things, it's kind of like, well, this, all this stuff is cyclical. And I don't mean like, oh, the, 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 uh, the disease or whatever comes every time. I mean like, no, but when we talk about it, is cyclical. <laughs> when it becomes a big, a big political move, it certainly uh, is cyclical. It's a weird time for sure. Hmm. I try not to watch the news anymore. It's just depressing. Good for you. Uh, so with that, what have you been tinkering on? What have you been doing? I told everybody a little bit about what your project car is. Can you tell us what you've done and uh, what you're up to and what your future plans are? So I'm kind of sad because it's coming to an end. Um, I know that if you follow me on Instagram, you've kind of seen my, 
my uh, foray into the into the 906 world. I have one of the replica cars. It was it, it was an actual race car for all intents and purposes uh, that was built for uh, Ford versus Ferrari. They made five uh, five total 906 replicas for the movie. Uh, one of them was crashed on purpose. And then uh, there were two long tails and two short tails. And I'm friends with all the guys that ended up with the car. So that's been really cool. So that's awesome. Kind of, so you're yeah, keeping tabs yeah. on them all? Yeah, yeah. Well, all of them are, all the other ones are in LA. It's funny. Mine was the only one that really left the city. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, we kind of have this little group text that's going on. Um, and we help each other kind of improve on them. I, I wanted to just nail a bunch of details that you wouldn't have even really seen in the movie and obviously for budgetary reasons they didn't really build them to that standard uh just because you weren't going to see it on film anyway but so i went back and, and you know researched the car and what what the original did and what parts it had on it and, and just perfected it from there and just went crazy it was a good outlet for my ocd i'll say that but. well i'm just thinking of you in the old movie car days and man you knew what it's you were, you knew what you were doing all those details and it's the same thing. It is. I mean, if you got a car like that, it all come back to you too from your DeLorean days, from the time machine days. It's all the same thing. I don't think you ever really forget that. You just kind of you know move past it for a while, and then I got sucked back in with this film. But it was such a lovely movie that you know it it, it was cool to have a part of that film to to hang on to because when I saw it, I, I was just blown away by how how. Unlike most car movies, it was, you know, yeah. and they, they'd even said, you know, the director, James Mangold even said, I doubt they'll ever do a movie like this again, because it was a constant battle that, you know, why can't we shoot this in CGI? It'd be so much cheaper. Yeah, and, it would have. The budget alone for this film was, um, was $22 million just for the cars. I, I, I've said to a few people, you know, it was there, everyone talks about that Once Upon a Time, which of course is a great film, but I think that, that this, uh, Ford versus Ferrari, is actually more of a love letter to cinema and filmmaking than even, and that's not to take a thing away from Quentin Tarantino, but with the actual filmmaking and how you, the miniature, just all the stuff, um, yeah. it, it, it pushed every fucking button for me and I mean that with like growing up with Indiana Jones and Goonies and Back to the Future Ghostbusters all the greats Aliens all the greats it uh, had that vibe man. yes there's a lot of movies that, that can capture that nowadays something gets lost in the technology that they use and I mean they I, I've read every behind the scenes article on the on the film and they were even to the point that they um, that they experimented experimented with new lenses um, for different effects that they wanted just for this film wow. um, that weren't out yet. So uh, it was really cool. The lighting, I mean, they killed it with the lighting, and it, it's it was a, a really really cool film. And they just don't shoot them like that anymore. It's old school Hollywood. Yeah. So the movie got under your skin. Then the opportunity to get one of these picture cars came up mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you actually ended up liquidating some of your little bit of your collection in order to make this thing happen. You got this car, you mm -hmm. get it, you ship it across country. Actually, uh, Randy was out here. Uh, um, um, what, what's his name? It helped you look at the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bug and box. Yeah, when was, I was kind of finalizing the deal, I mean, I'd already put money down on it. It was a done deal, but. I happened to have a Burbank overnight, and um, he picked me up. We drove out to Oxnard to the warehouse where all these movie cars were sitting because I kind of wanted to see all the other cars, too, before they left because they were kind of going fast. Sure. And, um, also, yeah. lay your hands on the car before the check clears. I mean, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. It, it was unbelievable. I mean, we 
opened the doors to that place and, and met a, a friend of mine that was helping with the cars as well. And it was just like, wow. I mean, you read stories about that with like Back to the Future or, you know, the old Herbie movies, like, you know, oh, the warehouse with the cars at Disney or Universal Studios. Sure. To be able to see that in real life, you know, it was really, really cool. And um, yeah, I wish I had more money. I would have bought more cars. But, oh, well, that anytime um, you walk into that or one of those warehouses. We, I had this conversation with Marco the other day, Marco from TLG. Because his shop is right over near some of the picture car places, including one of the biggest ones where I used to, I used to hire them a lot. And um, cinema, oh, CDS. yeah, yes. Cinema Vehicle Services. Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Is it still Ray's place? I heard he might have sold it. He was talking about no, selling it for think, twenty years. Yeah, I think he is somewhere else. They may have a place in Atlanta now. Okay. Yeah, it's it's all different. Awesome. Last time I was there, matter of fact, um, they had a bunch of Eleanors there. Well, um, but you know my yeah. yeah. Go ahead. You know my story there. I had, I had, uh, all right, so I was working on this Dick Wolf show, Arrest in Trial, right? And it was, uh, um, okay. the funny thing was, it was actually with Tim Pappas's wife, and she wasn't his wife yet. What? <laughs> yeah. We were, we were, it's, we, <laughs> doesn't matter how that all came up, but yes, we, we figured out what that that, that was true. Um, why the hell did we just, oh, but it was, we had 100, yeah. 190 episodes that we had to shoot in like eight months or something like that. So we had four teams out at, the same time shoot these were these were uh, it was the real life law and order it was a dick wolf show but it was um <laughs> it was not like law and order it was a reality i don't know how to describe it but it was hosted by brian dennehy and it was produced by maury povich <laughs> nope. okay. all That's true all true <laughs> uh um uh but anyway we did all of these episodes and half of the stuff was recreations and they're they're taking place all over the country, sometimes all over the world. So we have to do all these recreations in Los Angeles. So we had like twenty different picture cars a a week, a literally a week. Cop cars, police cars, detective cars. Oh, it was a blue Chevy Nova, whatever the heck it was. All of the different stuff. And literally, I, I don't know how many cars we we did through them in that eight months, but it was well over a thousand. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we were just doing such good business, uh, and this was mm, 2000, right around the same time the movie came out. It had just come out. We'd seen it, so I was into the car. Um, and none of those cars that you saw at CVS were real GT500s. There was only one real GT500, and they gave it to Jerry Bruckheimer at the end of the uh, film. No way. And that's the one that's sitting over at his office in Santa Monica. And that one, it, ironically, it's sitting outside, out front of the front door. It's just a, it's just a trophy piece, and ironically, that's the only real one. Um, man, how do we get on this? The Eleanor. Oh, so I had um, uh, told Ray was willing to sell me one. It was like hundred grand, just easy number, hundred grand. They had um, they made ten from the movie, and there were two left that were photographed, but that they still had that were not really complete. Like one was the outside was done, but the inside was not finished, and the other one, well, whatever, maybe the opposite. And uh, one was stick and one was automatic and he was going to convert the automatic to stick. The whole thing, and it was going to be, I got him down to $85,000 after like a month and at 85 grand and he was going to do it. And I was like, couldn't believe it. And I could, I was, let's see, it was 2000. It would have been like 23 years old. I couldn't put the money together. <laughs> I literally couldn't put the money together and couldn't get, I couldn't make that deal happen. Only three, four years later, the replicas were like, a half million bucks. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. A replica. The article, there's an article just this past week on Jalotnik that there was a guy that's actually doing the build. He's trying to meld a a new GT500. I'm not a Mustang guy. I think it's a GT500, like a new one, but 
rebody it as an old Eleanor. So basically, they'd have the modern, you know, stuff. Yeah, they've got. They've, there's a guy who comes to uh, Breakfast Club who's got one of those. There's a there is a company oh, okay. that's doing it already. It's like a modern Challenger or something. Under, not a Challenger, but yeah, it's, some, it's something like modern that. underneath. Right. So this guy was building this, and of course, being a, an automotive YouTuber, he monetizes this stuff. So he's making money off of this, profiting, talking, you know, saying Eleanor on on screen. They confiscated his car. Yeah. And yeah. He's done, and there's nothing he can do. They're like, you're being. Sued. Oh, so that was the guy. Yeah, you, that was the whole. But you could call it anything else, skirt the issue. But calling it Eleanor, and and I think you can't yeah. use pepper gray or whatever the actual color is. I don't think you can use either. I mean, the moment you say Eleanor, and you're profiting off of it, and it's and I believe it's it's Toby Halicki's wife, widow, that owns the rights to Eleanor. How does that work? Because when I was taught, when I was dealing with Ray back then, all the drawings and the designs came from somebody. And then they gave them to CVS. And CVS, it's not like you and I would like, oh, there's a blueprint in every single beam. These, there's, th- these things don't exist until they're made. So it's, they're really kind of loose concepts. And then CVS goes and bolts some shit together and makes whatever the heck we all know as the movie car or whatever. So he showed me there was another one of the ones that was done but wasn't used in the movie. Had all the flares, like all the, the body kit and everything that's around it was a bolt-on. No way. Exact same done. Finished, complete done Eleanor. But the only difference was um, instead of having them molded on the flares, they were, they were you know, it looked like, a, like the, you know, you know what I mean? Like with the rivet. No, the, the Furious Chargers, how they have the. Yeah, the, like, exactly. Ironically, they were doing the Fast and Furious movies at the same time. They had just done oh, the first one that. and they were doing the second one. Um, but anyway, so there were all sorts of weird things like that. And then, you know, then they take those couple cars and those things and then bring them back to the designer. Yes, this, no, that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the process sort of happens until eventually you get to something everybody likes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so crazy. The movie car world is weird. I'm still fascinated by it. I mean, I, you know, I, I did the Herbie thing for a long time. And I mean, I had good times, you know, but you just get tired of the same thing. It's like, I want something new. And yeah. this, this was something new. And it worked out. And it ticked a lot of boxes. And it, you know, I love vintage racing. I love Porsches. And I was like, this is perfect. I didn't even know. Dude, when I first contacted them about these cars, I was trying to buy the Aston Martin DBR that Matt Damon drove at the very beginning of the movie. Uh, oh, which, no kidding. Which is, yeah, it's a really cool car. It's right-hand drive. Um, but a beautiful like fifties racer because it was what the car that Carol Shelby basically drove in Le Mans in 1959 and won. And, um, it was immediately sold like that, like that, that was long gone and come to find out Carol Shelby's grandson bought it to put in their Shelby museum, which I thought was cool. That's awesome. It went to the right place. So, but then, um, but then Billy was like, well, we have these, these Porsche 906s left. He was like, if you're a Porsche guy, you might want one of these. And I was just like, oh, my God. I mean, he showed me this thing, and I was like, yes, that's what I want. That's exactly so, what I want. Yeah, it worked out really well. I mean, I love Ford GTs, don't get me wrong, but I'm just, I'm just not a GT40 guy. Yeah. I mean, they're cool, but, you know, not to mention it was completely out of my price range. But, but yes, I did, I did help sell enough cars to kind of offset the price to where I could afford this and and it's just been a really fun car to play with. I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that it ended up with you and that that story had such a happy ending. I mean, you know, so many picture cars, they end up disappearing because the guy with the biggest pocketbook wanted it the most. Mm-hmm. And you and I have a handful of those stories. And sometimes the guy with the biggest pocketbook is awesome. So it's, I mean, it's, it's no big deal. 
Um, there's a guy with a very big pocketbook that we both know back east who is very welcoming to have other people who are interested come in to see his collection and experience his right. things, a father and son team. Exactly, exactly. I love that. that. No, sometimes they go into the vault and somebody gets to smoke their cigars and have their their brandy and look at them, and that's awesome. And you know, I mean, they work their life to be able to uh, to do those things. Um, but it does. I kind of I, it bums me out for the rest of us. That was that was the reason that we did the whole Back to the Future car restoration was the fact that it was uh, um, rotting away on the back lot. Yeah, when yeah. and and then people didn't even have access to it. All you could do was drive by it and see how sad it was. It was awful. Yeah. I remember when I lived in Orlando, I would always do the, the backlot tour in Orlando at the Universal Studios there. And this was around, gosh, this had to have been like 02, 03, I think. So they had a lot of the Fast and Furious cars from the very first movie. Mm-hmm. But it was so sad. I mean, it rains every day in Orlando at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I mean, these cars, the windows were down. They're getting rained on. I'm like, my God. It rains and, and then I it bakes. still there, too. And in that Ecto one ended up getting fixed up, and I believe used in this new movie that's coming out. Um, it's it's that car. But do, do you know that sad things get get abandoned like do, that by the studio? Do you know that to be a fact? And did you know that I was the one who found the one A after all of those years of disappearance since Universal Studios? I didn't. I didn't know that. I heard that it is in the new movie, and that that was confirmed because I guess a lot of Ghostbusters fans like lost their shit because they found out that they that they ruined the one a or whatever it's true but the one a was already i mean it was already ruined i I can show you pictures that you wouldn't believe and then really i could show you pictures that you wouldn't believe because the car was already stripped for you know how involved i was in all of those dealings um the ecto one was getting restored because uh, for the same reason we got the back to the future thing it was just all it was all kind of happening at the same sort of time the ecto happened first because of the anniversary and all that stuff but um um we the only pictures that were ever um like released during the ecto one's restoration were the ones that i took and posted on the and you know gave to the guys on the website all the guys who want to look at the stuff um um and they had uh when i was there they had already begun work restoring uh it was already stripped and like the body work was done on the ecto one and the roof rack and all the bits were laying on the floor, all, you know, categorized out and everything. And uh, and it was such a shame because there were so many things that they they, they restored the car. They didn't do the prop restoration. It's like they needed somebody. They needed what we did with the DeLorean instead. What about us? Or what they ended up doing with the DeLorean. Exactly. Uh, uh, anyway, but the Ecto-1A was still there just about to be stripped. It did end up getting stripped. Sony ended up pulling the plug on the budget for the whole thing because everything went over. And they had the one car. They didn't need to do both. But we, mm-hmm. they did. It was it was exactly like every kind of other corporate takeover. Stuff. It was like they had already ruined the one a it was already it was already completely disassembled and the parts were really i don't even know if they were repair, repairable anyway because it was it was truly the windshield was crashed the car got in an accident at universal studios florida so the car was already crunked up like literally like busted up uh one of the crew members was driving it backstage at the ghostbuster stunt show or something and crashed into a phone a light pole or something like it's a whole totally a true story um, uh, anyway, it doesn't surprise me at all that the one A ended up becoming the one in the, uh, in the, in this new third movie. Cause it, the, 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 the black one from the first movie, that was always a different car as well. Most people didn't know that the, 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 you know, you can't park that here. First, it's a, yeah. When he first buys it. Yeah. yeah. That whole thing also is a, a different car. That was a, th- those, so there were three. 
that one became the touring ecto that's that's in private hands now. Wow, that's so cool. Crazy that's, pants. Don't get me started on I remember, DeLoreans. I remember being in Orlando, <laughs> and we would go, like, our big thing every year was to go to Halloween Horror Nights. I'm sure they have it in L.A. too. Sure. But they had this thing. It was this really neat, like, uh, stunt show or whatever, I guess you'd call it. It was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, but it was like this Halloween review that they would do. Mm-hmm. And I remember one year they drove the Ecto out onto the stage. That so must have been before obviously before the accident, but it's just funny. This car's crossed our paths so many times. Absolutely. And that same stage used to be the Ghostbusters stunt show or whatever, wherever they used to do it. So there was a lot of crossover already. That's hilarious. Oh, that is wild. Man. Yeah. It's neat to see that, that 20th century Fox cared enough about these cars, um, to do them right. I mean, the paint on my car is absolutely gorgeous for a movie car. That's amazing. Yeah, I really lucked out with this car because, I mean, you know, movie cars, they're like, oh, I just got to look 20, 20, good 20 feet away and going 50 miles an hour. We're good. You know, no, this car was actually built to a very high standard. They did a really, really good job on the car. So I was blown away when I went out there the first time to the warehouse and I was like, wow, I, I did good. So. <laughs> um, for the sake of just breaking it up for a second, because I have more questions for you about that. But I've got some stuff to play for other people. I guess you would probably only hear it. Is that okay with you? Because yeah, it won't be on this for you. Although, unless you've got YouTube going in a smaller window or something. I um, can let's see. I have got a quick video from uh, – it was from Breakfast Club last week. But uh, I think I aired it. We put it on the Instagram. Normally, I would put these things on the show first. But the show has been you know, kind of weird, and uh, I forgot to do it. <laughs> So here we go. Uh, Good Vibes Breakfast Club from last week. Roll it, how?
What'd you What'd you think, buddy? <laughs> so Did you enjoy? Say it one more time. So that's the game three that you drove, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, sorry, I put you back down here. You stay in your home. Get back in your home. It's good for your home. There we go. That was a thank you, huge thanks to uh, Paul Kennel, of course, who uh, who brings wonderful. Wonderful toys to to occasionally drive if it's something that uh, fits my fancy. Obviously, the E30 is something I've got a long history with, and uh, and that's a car I've always talked about and missed, and said I shouldn't shouldn't have sold, and you know all blah blah blah. Wish I still kept it. And, um, I got an opportunity to drive it and see, you know what I mean? See what you what you. <laughs> Typing this all up in my mind. Yes, because I, I remember telling you way back when that I was, you know, what was it like? A E30 M3, that's like the, you know, and I said I was really disappointed because I had just gotten out of a um, 325E, E30, e, e the one that I, the one that I had during the Letterman story and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and that was a, a 86 325E. So it had lots of torque, no horsepower, but it had plenty of torque and it was six cylinder. Um, so, you know, just driving around town, it was quicker. It felt, it felt more power. It had a better sound. It had more of a throat, you know, a growl to it. And, um, the E30 M3, um, was not that it was, it sounded closer to my friends Integra's and Honda's because of the four cylinder, but I didn't understand enough at the time of like how to momentum drive. I didn't really, so I, I I did finally learn that oh no, if you rev it up, you get it to scream and everything. And people, you know, other people were showing me, but you you kind of know how you, you need to know how to uh, drive a car like that, or you think it sucks. And I was a stupid kid who thought it sucked, and I was an adult who drove it the other day, and in on in a, incredible conditions in an incredible environment that I know very well. Yeah. And it was yeah. incredible. It was wonderful. I am so grateful to Paul Kennel. Thank you, Paul Kennel. Um, Paul Kramer from the Auto Kennels, if you're looking it up to buy a car online. Uh, um, but it, I I don't know that I would want to own it again. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm thoroughly happy. I was really happy to get back in yellow car to go back down the mountain. I loved it. It rotates. It's It's amazing. But it is definitely a different – you know what? It's more similar to, like, the, the 914s that scream up and down the hill. Mm-hmm. Just put put it in fourth and put the pedal to the floor and just steer your way yeah. through everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's cool, man. That's neat. Well, at least you got to do some time travel in that. Oh, huge, yeah. Sorry, that was a wordy wordy response, wasn't it? Sorry. I got a little emotional watching it, the music and the whole thing. Like It, does, yeah. it brings me back to that time, and then automatically, because of where we're sitting, it – I get the nerves every time something from that time in my life comes up. I get the I nerves bet. now. I think because it was suppressed for so long and didn't bother me at all. <laughs> but the, now I look up every time I look up here and I see the skyline there, and I'm sitting here. Um, yeah, you got that silver thing sitting in front of you. <laughs> it's different now because you know when 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 you've got uh, Mrs. Ryan next to you or anybody to help share the the load. You're sh- you're sharing the load, so it kind of nothing has as much weight. And now, when you're sitting here alone, and you're just oh, it's just me, <laughs> me, you, and and you, and and you. That makes sense. Yeah. It kind of it, it all comes up again. I get that. Plus, we didn't even talk about my day. <laughs> Let's talk about your day. I want to talk about you. You, you've been a. Listen, we should do a. Well, I don't want to copy them directly, but we should do a fresh brewed something or other because um, you are so good at knowing 
both what people are interested in hearing people talk about, but also you're a really good question asker. You're incredibly curious. You're so you're so inquisitive. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, why aren't you doing one of these? Because okay. I'm not the I'm not the techie guru that you are. Do you remember me when we started this? I wasn't the techie guru. I was like, it's I think we're going to do it on iPhones. I wish I could like rotate this so you can see what my lighting setup is. It's a Porsche hat on a lamp. Let me see if I can like rotate this enough to where you can see. Isn't that what Jimmy Kimmel and and Corden and everybody else are using? Oh, that's nice. That is Here's nice. My lighting. Nice softener. <laughs> At least it's a Michelin hat. This is not my wheelhouse, my friends, but I'm sure you could probably give me some decent suggestions, maybe. I don't know. Uh, you, 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 well, I'm literally in the business of helping people with their podcast now, so um, by, now. by all me. means, I would, I would love Let's that. Let's hear about that, by the way. Um, well, what's funny, what I wanted to tell you about had nothing to do with uh, Matt or the smoking tire. I had a really fun and eventful morning when I was getting ready to well, – s- something happened last night and I didn't really think about it. And then it happened again last night before bed and I was like, well, that's weird. So I did some investigation and I couldn't really come up with anything. So I just sort of let it go and clearly forgot about it. What had happened last night was I was using the water uh, sp- spigot on the refrigerator, you know, the, the filtered water deal that you change the filters inside and it comes out the door. I was doing one of those um, and and filling it up. And like the – you know, when you, when I was done pushing the paddle. Kept going. Yeah, yeah, it kept going. Have you yeah. ever had that happen? I have had that happen, yeah. Uh, just for a couple seconds though, right? Yeah, but it's still enough to make a mess. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, that's happened probably a half dozen times – no, probably more than that. Probably a dozen times in the last couple months, That that what you just described. Okay, okay. turned on wouldn't turn off. So I was like, huh, 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 hey, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> well, yeah, because I was, I was explaining it to Matt this morning. I go, this is not something that you ever think about. You just, you're, you're thinking about 10 other things while you're doing – this is one of the brainless activities of the day, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're just going over there and sh- it's filling up and you're like, okay, it's about – you can hear the sound and you're, oh, it's about time to get done. Okay, done. And I'm one of those like you where, you know, you fill it right to the top or whatever. Um, what It didn't matter how close I got. I could have not even started – it just kept on going and I was like – at first it was – it's never happened before like this. So it's like it's happening on television. It's like it's happening to somebody else. You're just like – You're trying to wrap your brain around Yeah, yeah. I mean this – oh, I just made a mess now. But it's literally – you know, you're, you're filling it, filling it, filling it and you take it away and you're like <laughs> – like is this re- – like where's Alan Funt and Candid Camera in the old days? Like somebody's clearly if, – if Mrs. Ryan were here, she would clearly have been playing a prank on me. Um, uh, and then it wouldn't stop. So I'm jiggling the paddle and it wouldn't stop. And this is this morning while I'm supposed to be going down to smoking tire uh, or about to, and the paddle won't stop. And it's still, go- and I'm like, I, you know, I'm trying to like plug it like the boy in the, like, see, maybe if it just needs pressure to somehow, of course, all over the walls at that point. Cause it's the thumb on the hose. This is a tiny bit of water. It takes like 30 seconds to fill a liter of, of, of this size, not 20 seconds, whatever. It's not gushing. But somehow, it's a tremendous amount of water. The floor is now full. Uh, it's pouring down the side on the walls and the whole bit. I end up having to, like, I don't know where the shutoff is, and I clearly can't do anything from the front. So I end up having to quickly yank, pull the whole refrigerator out into the kitchen. Luckily, it was me and not the missus. And get to the thing in the back to turn the, the water off, of course. not None of this is a big deal. I just happened to be on my way out the door to go to a business meeting. <laughs> 
So, of course, I, you, you, I, I'm, you know, whatever, turned the water off, left it off, got the towels, and got out of there. And I get down there, and it was a uh, Matt, and Sarah Trimble was there, too. I don't know if you know her. I just had met her. She's a stunt driver and stuff. Um, uh, but he was like, what, was there finally traffic again in L.A.? And I was like, no, I had a bit of an incident. <laughs> it was just – and I explained the whole thing. And then Sarah goes, oh, I've been there. And she told this whole other story that happened to her that was like 20 times worse because she had bought a new place and she would moved in. And, hey, what about this? And they hooked it up last minute and then they left and it turned out there was a leak. So it had been leaking for seven days. It, a whole, whole thing. Um, uh, but anyway, so where it got interesting was, um, you know, I called the guy, okay, the guys are going to come the whole bit. And, and this is all dealing with the landlord and the whole bit. Mm-hmm. And the guy's going to come amazingly. He's going to come today. I can't believe it. Oh, I got a, I got a meeting thing here. And then I've got a podcast here, but in the middle is great. No problem. He comes at the perfect window. And then he's here in the first half hour of the three hour window. Like everything is perfect. Um, but he pounds on the door, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Did I miss the first three knocks? I mean, what the hell? Who has that kind of a – also got through the security door downstairs. I don't know how. He's already just knocking on the – busting on the, you know, on the door. And he comes in all sorts of like perplexed, like he's already had a hard time with it. <laughs> like I don't know what's going on with his day, but he's definitely already – He's already geared up for sure, and maybe – in hindsight, it felt to me like he decided that this wasn't going to happen before he got here, and he was <laughs> really hard-pressed on how he was going to convince me. <laughs> so when I didn't care, it just got weird. Um, uh, he said, so c- d- describe the problem. And I said, okay, well, um, the the water on the door, what I told you, I said, it turns on, but it won't turn off. So it floods the kitchen, and I'm going to get the towels, and I turn the water off, the whole thing. He's like, okay, do you have a, a cup or something or a, you know, a, a container? I said, yeah, absolutely. I gave him a little measuring cup. And he goes, he goes, it's fine. It works. Like, like literally looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. And I was like, no, I mean, I, I see that. I mean, is that all? Is that the test? You just did that too t- really quick? I absolutely couldn't believe it so much so that I took a picture of this is the amount that he tested it. Like, can you see that? Gla- like, do you see? It's like an inch of what an inch of water there. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. For anybody else. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> this is a mess. <laughs> it's a mess, but I have to do it now. There we go. That's the amount of, that's the amount of water we checked. Okay. He's, I'm never, I'm not going to tell this right. I wasn't prepared to tell it, but he was only in the building for about 30 seconds, period, between what's the problem? I explained it. He did that. I said, I understand, but it happened three different times. It flooded the place. It was filling a bigger bottle. Maybe it's if you hold it longer. He was like, but there's no problem. It's fine. I can't fix what isn't broke. He got into one of those. And I said, I, I totally understand that it f- seems fine now. To me, that says it's an intermittent problem. I think it's something with the paddle or something with the switch inside. I've d- I do all of the troubleshooting before I bother someone else in their time. And he got really loud. He's like, I don't know what you expect me to do. I cannot do it. <laughs> and I said, Hang on. I don't want to argue. If you can't fix it, have a nice day. <laughs> and he goes, have a nice day. And he literally walked out. He had his bag, like his hand. I don't know how to – you couldn't get in and out of an apartment faster. I can't describe it. It was so funny. It was so weird. It was so awkward. And then I got back with the lint. I go, the guy came and went. He didn't really test or check anything. He did no investigative work. The, we're not, the situation is not – he was really rude and loud. And I go, the situation is not resolved. <laughs> So is it still doing it or is it just intermittent? That to me is the same thing. 
intermittent means it's still doing. Means we have not figured out yeah, the problem. There's no smoking gun. <laughs> right, but there's only a couple things it can be. So how far? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like you could open up the door. Look, oh, maybe there's a calcium buildup from your water supply. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's a. I can't. Th- this is not my field. But I tell you this: I'm better at customer service, and I'm not a customer service professional. <laughs> it was just a really weird one. In answer to your question, though, the landlord did say, all right, well, let me know if it happens again. And I was like, no, no, I've disconnected the thing because it's happened to me three times. I've done my work. Somebody needs to come. This didn't get figured out today. Um, and I just said, all right, well, I don't want to be that guy. So let me just plug it back in. Let me just go through and let me. Ch- sure enough, of course it happened again. <laughs> so that's this one was only a couple seconds. It was really what you talked about the first time where it's like maybe three seconds, maybe. But it's enough that I got to go get towels and clean up the floor and the wall and the fridge and all the stuff again. Pull the fridge out, get the underneath, all of the stuff again. And it's enough that you can't keep that hooked up for fear of leaving. And then it just, you know, goes willy nilly and floods the place below you and your place. And I mean, you just, I wouldn't chance that. None of those things. Yeah, no, that's all awful. All of those things are bad. So, so yeah, so I just. Yeah, it is what it is. Got some. Well, I bought a bunch of smart waters at the grocery store on the on the order that was delivered today. There you go. Get some tang packets. The, the tang packets are really good. Well, gosh, man, this is. Where are people going to get to see your car? Can we talk about that before it's time to go? Yeah, we can talk about it. I don't think I can talk about the other cars that are going to be there, but okay. I don't think they'll care if I tell them that the car is going to be on display. So. Kind of back to what we were talking about earlier. Like, I always hate when these cars get bought. They're cool and you never hear from them again or never get to see them again. So anytime I've had a cool car, I've always tried to share it with people. And, dude, my Instagram people are so cool. Like, I had a kid the other day that sent me a picture of my car that he colored. Like, freehanded it and colored it and everything. I was like, that's so cool. Like, with crayons. It's really neat. So, like. Where did he get the picture? He met, he just drew it like freehand. On Holy his cow! Yeah, I'll have to send you a picture of it. It's really cute. That's wonderful. But like you know, my car's starting to get freaking fan mail now. It's really neat. So well, I saw a streetcar Wade Desire's artwork of your car, and it looked like it was his, uh, like a rendering he did based on the Hill Valley shot that you took the other day. That nice yeah, angle well, shot. Actually, so, so actually, it's it's close to that angle. I took the picture that he ended up using for that was one that I took off of the second story deck of my A-frame. It was cool. I parked it in the front yard. And then I got the elevation because I on the second story like shooting down and it worked out really well. Gotcha. Um, so he did that, which was really cool. Um, that, no- that, I thought that was beautiful. Great. Just, I mean, I like the artwork and then just it, it gives your car the personality that your car – it looked like a Herbie. It was like, oh, that car could may yeah. as well talk and say hi. Kind of brought it to life a little bit. It's neat. So, yeah, so I actually made that my new profile picture and everything. I was like, oh, that's so cool, man. He sent it to me last night. And I was like, that's amazing. So so that's pretty cool. But So, anyways, so I like to share my cars when they're done and this car is pretty much done. Um, so Ray Schaefer is currently working on a display for the Heritage Gallery in Atlanta that's going to be called Porsche on Screen. And he's going to have a selection of Porsche-themed movie cars. Outstanding. Um, 
And so he wants to he wants to have the 906 there. So I'm I'm super stoked. That's kind of been my I've known about this for a while. Ray's been putting it together, and um, so that's kind of been my my end game, the goal of this car to get it done by this time. And um, I think it's getting picked up sometime next month. Such a so great idea. You'll be able to see it at the Porsche Experience Center in Atlanta, starting I believe at the end of August, maybe. At one uh, Porsche drive at Porsche headquarters Porsche here in North America. Yeah, that'd be cool. So I'm I'm super stoked about that. That's amazing. So, it's not, I mean it. Forgive me for saying this, but as a movie car, you wouldn't want it to be an original. It's not. It's a replica, and it's good enough to be in this. I mean, it's, this is cool. It's a big deal, man. To me, it's really, really awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's so, like when, um, like when Rod Emery or when Magnus sort of got ingratiated with actual Porsche. You know what I mean? When they're like, mm-hmm. "Okay, you're okay." It's sort of the same thing in my mind. It is. I couldn't say no. I mean, yeah, I've literally just finished this car, and I'm not gonna be able to really drive it or enjoy it much. But honestly, our driving season up here in Pennsylvania is so short anyway. I'm not gonna miss it. You know, it'll be gone for six months. I think I get it back sometime in February. So. Well, not for nothing, but if you're picking it up in, it's going to be August, it's probably. I mean, you're not going to want to. Pick it up sometime in July, and then I think the exhibit opens in August, if I'm not mistaken. So, but point yeah. being, like, I don't even know if you have an air conditioner at all. But I mean, <laughs> those aren't primo heat driving months anyway, are they? Dude, that car, that car is like a greenhouse. I, I like it's so funny because everyone's like, "Oh my god, that thing's got to be amazing to drive." No, it sucks. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, it's it's like a race car. It's hot. It's loud. It's freaking. You know, it, you can't see out of it. Like it's it's a nightmare to drive, but it's it's so pretty. Like you forgive it. But um, I I ended up installing this like. Um, it's, it's an old school like ventilation system like what the race cars had back in the 60s and 70s like the 917s had them. it's basically just a brake duct hose that that funnels air from the front inlet vent mm. um like up through the firewall and like into the, the cabin kind of hanging there and um i tell you what when i put that in i driven the car before and then i drove it with that in it and it, it made all the difference in the world so all the other 906 guys are, are doing it now too i've sent them all the you know, where to get to Oh, the that's awesome. Here's your parts list, that kind of thing? Yeah, it was like one of the best things I did for that car just because it's a little more bearable. I'm actually, tomorrow, I'm driving the car the longest distance I've driven it yet. It's an hour, it's a little over an hour each way, but um, another guy, Matthew Little, who's a local photographer and videographer, he, uh, he rented out a racetrack, and we're doing a photo and video shoot tomorrow with the car. So I'm awesome. driving down a fucking trailer, so... Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to that. So that'll be kind of, I don't know if I'd say the test. I mean, I would say the test was the movie, and you know. It's, it's <laughs> well, but I you've done a lot of stuff to it since then, though. I have, I have. And I mean, even really, mechanically, and you've changed some things. You did the exhaust, those trumpets on the exhaust when the powder white is gorgeous. Yeah, I got it realigned. The alignment was all off on it. I mean, it was still a movie car. It's a well-built movie car, but it still had stuff that needed to be tweaked and, you know made better so it's uh it's come a long way dude this has been so fun talking movie cars with you um i, I know we kind of geeked out on the ecto one and, and eleanor is cool i hope that's all right and and, and 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 that's probably it for this one but i would say that we could totally do this again next week if you're around i'm down yeah i want to figure out what the hell you know we're, what this can be 
You know what yeah. I mean? We know what late night plays. We know we've done the person when they're here. Great. I want to figure out what we can what we can do here. I, I, it's it's very weird to say, oh, well, how, haven't you been doing that all along? Yes, of course. But in the weirdest way, also, no, because we had parameters. I had Mrs. Ryan here. We had you – know, there was just always stuff. And in the weirdest way, we're not bound by any sort of restrictions. So be that a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But I like – I don't know. I love talking to you. You're such a good friend of mine. And I just love your energy both on the show and in life. <laughs> it's infectious. I feel good after talking to you. So maybe that's maybe it's a selfish thing. I do too. I do too. Well, we can both be selfish then. <laughs> All right. I love you, brother. Do you want to uh, or listen to or you want to hang out for this or do you want to get off? doesn't matter to me. I'll, I'll hang out, man. Awesome. All right. In that case. <laughs> in that case, this has been... <laughs> And it's been. <laughs> That's the only thing we miss, Tori Alonso, to say. And, and we're back. And we're back. <laughs> what do you think about Jay Leno? Should we try to get Jay Leno? Yes. You definitely. do? I had Dude, such a hard time. like five minutes from you. Are you kidding me? He's, yes. He's right up the street. I know. And we see him all the time. But I had such a – it was not a mental hang-up for me, but there was a – For something, you know, with all of this stuff and the fact that we're still trying to get Dave and, of course, you know, COVID sort of put a little monkey wrench in that. But we're still trying to get him here and do that whole thing. Somehow it seemed weird that we could probably get Leno here. It seemed weird to have him first. And that was always my hang up, even though, of course, I would love to have Jay Leno here. But I I just just saw this the other day and I just put it in here. There's there's Mrs. and Jay Leno since. There we go. That's so cool. That was them. I don't know if that's at the Tonight Show or Afghanistan or what. I don't know. But I like it. Um, and then John Oates said yes. Um, uh, Cody Walker, Paul Walker's brother, wants to do it. He what? said yes. Oh, yeah. He's been, he's been waiting. He was a yes before, right when COVID started. He was a yes three months ago. Oh, dude, he and he does such good things too. Like he's, you know, he's always out with purest group and everything. Yes, exactly. So, yes. so he, him for sure. Um, Tom Green working on Tom Green because because he's following us now and he's in, into at least what we're doing. Um, there were a handful more, like relatively big carish kind of people that I I feel you and your brain can help me put together a, a, a better than our average interview. That'd be awesome, man. Cody Walker would be really cool. I really like that guy. We could have him now if if we wanted this. I want our first time to be in person if possible. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I don't know him previously like a lot of the people in L.A. already know him. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? It's weird. It was – I didn't – I would never have wanted to do this with Jeff Swart. I would do this with Jeff Swart now Mm -hmm. because we know each other. But for our first – it just doesn't feel natural to me. I'm a, yeah. kind of a whiner. All right. Uh, I, I love you so much. Thank you for all of that. Hang tight while I, uh, I'm going to check in. Actually, we've got a little video from Mrs. Ryan, as a matter of fact. Awesome, man. All right. <laughs> this has been Tori, VW for Life, Alonzo. Check him out on Instagram. And uh, are you going to start a YouTube channel? Because I feel like you're going to be doing a lot of stuff with this car in the future. I, I, don't, I don't think know, a YouTube channel would be. I've had so many people ask me why I'm not monetizing this and doing the YouTuber thing. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Never say never. I don't know. Nobody told us to do the monetization thing when we were building the talk show. I didn't think anybody wanted to see the building of it. And apparently that was a part that everybody did want to see. Not like this. Well, I guess maybe the set and everything, but the whole like 
how and why did you get to do all this? And my side was always like, oh, no, I'll tell you once it's done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know. I know. It's kind of like with my car. My car's done now. So. But that's my mentality. Is, is it all those years of being on the other side of it when it used to be the other way of like the moment you put anything out there? You know how it used to be, man. Trolls yeah. and people, oh, that's not right and that's not accurate. Why are you doing it yeah. that way? And yeah. I didn't yeah. used to be able to hold up to all of that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love you. I just want to talk to you. All right. Um, and now, Mrs. Ryan, who is not here this evening, did record a video for us. And um, here we go. There we go. I don't know what number it is here. Uh, we're going to check in with Mrs. Ryan real quick, who is not here with us tonight, but she is with us in spirit and will be with us very soon. Roll it, Hal. We're going to play this. We'll call it How You Cope It. Roll it, Hal. Hi, everyone. Submitting a video today, uh, so I'm still part of everything, even though I'm not here. Um, I can't wait to see everyone soon. And in the meantime, uh, what I found, people come up to me and are said they're learning a lot about me and what I used to do from my blog. Um, and postings I'm doing. So here is a video of a post I'm gonna put up tonight. My blog is called Life and Love and Everything Else. It's on WordPress. I post it on social media sometimes, but here's an entry in the meantime. Thanks everyone, and uh, feel free obviously to put your comments below. Look forward to it. The last couple of days, my social media feed has been strewn with heartfelt letters written by former colleagues. Some were about the company we all worked for at one point or another. Some were about the former colleagues themselves. They were all in response to the passing of a woman we all revered, but at one point have also feared. Most of the people writing their condolence pieces seem disconnected in some way. Some have moved on to have spouses, families, and full lives of their own. Almost none of us do the job we know her from. The lessons we are all sharing that we picked up from her seem actually to be life lessons though, which perhaps is the real part of the job we learned from her. All of my professional life ties back to her in some way. I was best friends with the, an assistant of hers for years. I had a couch for a while that had been that of one of her clients. I worked for a man in the department she spearheaded. It was mostly made up of women, but she and I for talent of all kinds. The kinds of clientele we had were vastly different from hers. She worked most often with actresses known the world over, high fashion, and however those worlds collided. We worked mostly with male comedians. Some were considered urban at the time. Some were considered to be blue or dry or acerbic. All were insanely funny. She knew that and her clients saw it too. And my boss was a king there. That lady was responsible for setting up some pretty notable couples over the years. The first weekend I worked at her firm, in fact, my boss told me to change the outgoing voicemail and leave my cell phone as a contact. He was going to be out of the country and unreachable for the next few days. He was in a wedding between two such company clients. I later found out that he told me none of this at the time. I remember meandering the aisles of a local grocery store when a tablet editor called me to get a statement on nuptials I didn't realize were even taking place. It was the early 2000s, internet didn't dictate the flow of information yet, 
And having cell phones was still kind of new, a luxury. It lost its luster when it didn't stop ringing all weekend. I surmised later that this had to be something like a mean girl trick he learned from her. She played dirty and showed us all how to do. We all followed suit for a while and got good at navigating the mire. But she also made herself available to us as a steamroller as we tra traversed a treacherous land. She swore at press, producers, managers, agents, photographers, actors, writers, anyone who blocked the angle she was creating. She lived a hard way and loved a lot of it for a while, and we loved what she loved. We thank you immensely. Because of our time there under you, we, when we remember to breathe, even in the weirdest of circumstances, we find ways to love and celebrate the crazy. What a gift. Be well, Nance. See you soon, everyone. Yeah, there you go. Good job, Mrs. Ryan. All right. Uh, she was, that was a beautiful essay. I don't think she actually said it there, but that was about Nancy Ryder. Nancy Ryder was a very, very famous uh, publicist who passed away the other day. Mrs. Ryan used to work for her, and uh, she had ALS, and she was one of those hardcore bitches from the industry. Forgive me for saying that. She was a wonderful, wonderful person, but she was like, you don't fuck with Nancy Ryder. You just don't. Um, so I, uh, I, we don't drink alcohol anymore, but I definitely make a little mocktail here and again. So I got a little pineapple and a little bit of ginger. And uh, this one is to Nancy Ryder. Nancy Ryder. There's a lot of reasons um, that I won't go into tonight, but in a weird way, one of my earliest connections also is with Nancy Ryder. I met her the night that I decided to move to Los Angeles. Sarah Jessica Parker was, uh, not Sarah Jessica Parker, the other one, Sarah Michelle Geller was uh, one of her clients. And uh, the night that I decided to move to Los Angeles was the night that she hosted Los, uh, uh, Saturday Night Live. And, uh, and the, whole, the whole story you know about the night I moved to Los Angeles, she happened yeah. to be there that night. So... Yeah, so she passed away the other day, and uh, it's it, it, almost everybody in the industry has posted something, you know, all of her clients, but Selma Blair, of course, and she's got her own stuff, MS, she posted, and uh, uh, Sarah Michelle, of course. So she's just one of those, like, she was a mogul. You know, she was just a big, big forced force in the industry. So it's kind of so. interesting. What I, what I notice is that, oh, they're all taken out by these crazy autoimmune diseases. <laughs> they do this horrible effing job, and... Uh, and it just eats their body. That's what I see. And yeah. I can't make that connection 100%, but that's what I see. An uncanny coincidence. Don't you think? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. All right. I guess that's it. I guess that's it. I mean, I don't know how... This is the part that I don't know. Like, in my mind, oh, we should have wrapped it up right at six, but then I went along with the other thing. And it's like, well, does anyone really care? You know, this is the part I don't really get. Well, and we can do this again anytime. That's the magic of technology. So it's not like we got to cram it all in now. All right, good. I got tons and tons of East Coast feeds for next time. And uh, we got the, the new lights, washer cam, bubbles, kitty cam. Sky. Oh, kitty cam. We got to check in. Is kitty cam up there? We got. We always got time for kitty cam. Kitty cam is dead. She's all the way on the floor underneath the Hunziker art there. Way, way over there. <laughs> by the Underneath the Eames chair. You can see her on the right there. It's so funny. We can do dachshund cam too. Oh, look at that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hot dog cam. 
Oh man! I think I'm more proud of them because they haven't barked a single time, which is crazy. She was she was sleeping behind me this whole time in my little office chair. So. That's remarkable. What a sweet. So who is that? Stella. That's Stella. Stella. Hi, Stella. Oh, you're just adorable. <laughs> Look at that face. Yeah, is is it just cute. the one? Or don't you have two? No, I have another one. He's asleep. Okay. He doesn't. He doesn't get around much. He's getting older. He's blind. Poor thing. Oh, but, it's a shame. I know, but he's still happy. He's he's a good little guy. He's in his little bed right next to me. So we've. I mean, you know, that's our situation. I mean, that's why we have Kitty Cam. For God's sake, she's. Pushing. Yeah. We. Oh, this is. I, I hate to say it because I, I almost don't want to believe it. I think that cat might be twenty years old or really close. Be- wow. Because she was nine when Mrs. Ryan and I met, and we've been together for over ten years now, so we are we are definitely in the twentieth year. That's amazing. Dogs it's amazing. Dude, I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked. Like all my friends have big dogs and German shepherds. They're lucky to get like 10, 12 years out of them. But dachshunds routinely live to be like 18, 20 years old. So uh-huh. I think I'll have them for a while. So that's kind of cool. All right, that's good. Well, love to you and your doggies. Uh, I'll see you soon. How's that? Yeah, see this anytime, man. I got nothing but time. Come hang out in the playset anytime. Just tell me when you want to. It's only a button away now. That's pretty cool. The, the longest, it, the longest thing it takes to warm up is the lava lamp. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and I, th- I don't think we need that. I don't think we need that to start up. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, this was fun, man. Let's do it again. Sure. All right, I'm gonna put this. I'll perfect my lighting for next time. Uh, and and we'll get you sideways so that you're full screen. Um, uh, I'm gonna put this uh, label it as the show that I said goodbye 16 times, and I think that'll be pretty close pretty close to accurate. <laughs> All right, much love to you. Uh, take care in Pennsylvania, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Hey, good luck on your shoot tomorrow. Have a great time. Oh, thanks. I'll try and post pics on Instagram. Please do. <laughs> All right. All right, brother. Later. <laughs> All right, everybody. Um, that was a, the best. We don't know what we're doing. Thanks for watching. (laughs) I love you at home. Um, For Mrs. Ryan and myself, please love one another. Uh, We'll see you out there. Breakfast Club on Friday up at Newcomb's. Uh, Donuts this week are on Tom. (laughs) That's that's it. (laughs) Have a great night. Please love one another. Yeah, I say that every time, but please love one another. Holy crap. It's just getting crazy out there. You know, we're joking around about civil war and everything, but people really are at each other and... We've got to get along. We're all on this thing together unless we want to blow it up together, in which case that's mutual. You know what I'm saying? Please love one another.